Support for this IPR podcast comes from Iowa Community Foundations, an initiative of the Iowa Council of Foundations, connecting donors to causes they care about. Details on the Endow Iowa Tax Credit Program at communityfoundations.org. Today is Friday. It's the 1st of July. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. A new law taking effect today shortens the time laid-off workers in Iowa can receive unemployment assistance. People who file new claims will be eligible for up to 16 weeks of unemployment payments, down from 26 weeks. That makes Iowa's benefit period shorter than all but a handful of states in the U.S. The law also urges laid-off workers to take lower-paying jobs sooner. Republican Governor Kim Reynolds says the law is meant to help address a workforce shortage in the state, while Democrats say it punishes those people who lose their jobs. Unemployment claims surged in 2020 but had returned to pre-pandemic levels by last summer. Police do not need a warrant to search garbage put in a public place, according to a new law also taking effect today. But IPR's Grant Gerlach tells us the Iowa Supreme Court already said that's unconstitutional. The law says that Iowans have no reasonable expectation of privacy for garbage bags set out on the curb. But in a 4-3 decision last year, the Iowa Supreme Court said just the opposite. The court ruled that a Clear Lake police officer conducted an illegal search when he went through a man's garbage without a warrant. Drake University law professor Bob Riggs says the new law doesn't overturn that decision, but it will likely send the issue back to the court. We don't know. That can shift to a 4-3 the other, other direction. But right now, State v. Wright is the law uh, regarding search and seizure in Iowa of trash. One thing that could change the court's view, a new member will replace retiring Justice Brent Apple, who was part of the majority in the previous case. The Iowa Supreme Court has reversed a long-standing precedent that allowed landowners to sue for damages when a neighboring hog farm causes water pollution or odor problems that affect quality of life. A majority of the court concluded yesterday a 2004 decision was wrong. The reversal is a significant blow to property owners who live in rural areas who want to take legal actions over expanding hog farms. It's a victory for the agriculture industry in Iowa because it strengthens the immunity law protecting livestock farmers from nuisance lawsuits. Following the overturn of Roe v. Wade, a virtual Planned Parenthood event yesterday highlighted the stories of some Iowa women who got abortions. They explained the potential impact of current and future abortion restrictions. Kelsey Machado says she got an abortion when she was 16 years old. She says her life would have been very different if she had continued that pregnancy with her then-boyfriend. As someone whose boyfriend at the time stole my pain medication for my abortion to fuel his own addiction at the time, I cannot imagine the horrors that women will be subjected to when they go through non-medically supervised abortions. Machado says she has since gotten three college degrees and is married and has a child. She believes she would have experienced poverty and abuse if she had given birth at 16. And Sioux City is celebrating a hometown hero today. As IPR's Kendall Crawford explains, today marks the city's first Dave Bancroft Day to honor the town's one and only baseball Hall of Famer. The shortstop was nicknamed Beauty for his awe-inspiring fielding abilities. He spent 16 years on the diamond beginning in 1915 and was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1971. Yet author Tom Alicia says Bancroft is still relatively unknown. That's why he helped build an exhibit to remember him at the Sioux City Public Museum. One of the things that makes me proudest is getting to 
show Sioux City and baseball fans everywhere exactly who this person was and how significant his contribution was. He says that ranges from winning a World Series against one of his good friends, Babe Ruth, to coaching in the professional women's league after he left the field. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. It's been more than a year now since the U.S. Department of Agriculture promised to erase $4 billion worth of debt for, quote, socially disadvantaged farmers. That means farmers of color who have been historically discriminated against by the agency. But because of ongoing lawsuits, some brought by white farmers, that relief has yet to arrive. Harvest Public Media's Dana Cronin reports on how the endless waiting is weighing on one Midwestern farmer. Barbara Norman farms on land her grandfather bought in 1945 in Covert, Michigan, after his family migrated north from Mississippi, where they were sharecroppers. Today, it's known as Barbara's Blueberry Batch. These are blue crops. They are traditional. Everybody loves blue crops. They're sweet. They're not as large as those. In March of 2021, Barbara got a letter from the U.S. Department of Agriculture that lifted a huge weight off her shoulders. United States Department of Agriculture Farm Service Agency is going to pay off $385,657.56. This has been promised over a year ago. And that's only one of the promised payoffs. In total, the FSA promised to relieve Barbara of about a half million dollars of debt she owes them. She's taken out loans from the FSA to buy things like equipment for her farm. But the relief hasn't come. She's one of thousands of farmers across the country who's waiting on the debt forgiveness after it was signed into law last year under the American Rescue Plan Act. Since then, the funding has fallen into legal limbo after facing multiple lawsuits from banks and from white farmers alleging discrimination. When the letter arrived at Barbara's house last year, she says she felt an overwhelming sense of relief. But now she worries it will never come. And it's got you in a limbo because, see, then you missed a year or two years because you're waiting for this to get paid off. But you realize if they never pay, you've got to farm, you've got to do whatever you got to do. This isn't the first time Barbara's waited on federal relief money. In a famous case from 1999, known as Pigford versus Glickman, black farmers sued the USDA for racial discrimination. The resulting pair of settlements allocated about $2 billion for black farmers. Barbara filed a claim, but was denied. She was told she was not discriminated against and therefore wasn't eligible for a payout. She wonders if history will repeat itself. If this American Rescue Plan Act of 2021 is not adhered to, not taken care of, it says volumes of distrust, volumes of things, of hurt, of pain to the farmers of color in America. And it could have real consequences for her farm. Because before she got the letter from the FSA relieving her of debt, they were threatening to accelerate her loans or face foreclosure. Are you scared of losing your farm? 
I don't want to, and I pray every day, and no, because I'm going to keep fighting. Over the past century, black farmers have lost more than $300 billion worth of farmland, according to one study, due to the USDA's discriminatory lending practices. Barbara's determined not to let that happen to her farm. But she says she won't pass it down to the next generation unless it's debt-free. So without this federal relief, Barbara's blueberry batch could be lost in yet another preventable closure of a Black-owned farm. I'm Dana Cronin, Harvest Public Media. Harvest Public Media is a collaboration of public media newsrooms in the Midwest and Great Plains, including Iowa Public Radio. It reports on food systems, agriculture, and rural issues. And this is Here First from IPR News, which you can find wherever you find your podcasts. I'm Clay Masters.